Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is a music producer, music engineer, and also filmmaker. Mr. Reginald Gray, thank you for joining me. Here, here. Thank you for having me, Lamp. It's hey, a man. Wonderful it's wonderful hey, look, to be here. Brother, it's an honor to get you. Let me tell you something, and this the honor's true. When I first when I first had the idea to do this podcast, you was one of the first people that I wanted to get on. Oh man, that's the, that's the, it's, it's beautiful to be thought of as somebody that you want to you know share that experience with. Hey, look, man, look, I, I've been following you, man. I, I see all the great things you're doing. I said, man, I gotta. I said, when I do get the podcast, I gotta get this brother on there. And, you know, you you so busy, it was hard to get you, but. Thankfully, we, we finally was able to link up. Oh, man, you know, I wish I could have did it sooner, honestly, you know, but the entrepreneur life is a is a whole different animal. It's a whole different animal. How you been, man? Right, I've been well, bro, and I'm going to be honest with you, even in the times in the season of COVID, you know, the the, the higher power has seen to it that I'm still able to to live a, a decent and prosperous life with all that's going on. I'm thankful that my focus has remained positive and, and on ascension in my life. Man, that's great to hear because I'm, I'm just so used to everybody talking about how 2020 been a drag and it's been tough, but it's been it's great to hear you say that, man. Well, you know, you can't, it's, it's all, it's two things in the world that I believe and with my whole heart that we all as individuals, regardless of your race, skin color, religious beliefs, gender, socioeconomic status, the one thing in this world, two things really, that we all have control over is our perspective and our attitude. So if my perspective is going to be, man, everything messed up, you know, everything going downhill, I can't get a break. If I keep self-talking myself that way, that's all I'm ever going to get because I'm manifesting that in my life. But if I stay positive and I look forward to every opportunity to to increase my life, then that's what's going to happen. It's it just that's that is what it is. You going, you know, the words of your mouth are going to be the house you live in. Man, that's deep. That's deep, brother. That's deep. How long did it take you to get to that point where you could start, where you understood where, that you understood what perception means? Perspective, I'm sorry. Not perspective. perspective. Well, perception and perspective. perspective are interchangeable. I, you know, my perception <clears throat> is my perspective. You know what I mean? So the words, they, they are closely related. But you know what? Throughout my life, I've always felt as though I've seen a little bit more. I've had a little bit more wisdom than most people in my age range or just around me, period. People that are getting caught up in the cycles and the circles of things that have been going on since the beginning of time, getting caught in the traps. So, like, I always, even, like, as a youth... And I can I still consider myself a young man, but as like a teenager and even a young uh, adolescent, I always kind of like had these real strong inclinations about people and situations. And you know, the biggest thing for me was to learn how to listen to my inner voice and stop challenging what I'm naturally feeling. I never forget. So you said, when did I know to stop really? 
you know, being aware of my perception and my and, and my uh, perspective on life. I say really when I really said like intentionally I'm gonna follow my instinct. It was 2014 going into 2015. I remember my birthday's on December 13th. So it was 12-13-2014. So 12-13-14. So I was like, man, the next time 12-13-14 happened like that, it's going to be 3014. So I was like, this is the full, it, it seems like an end of a cycle. So on 12-14-14, the beginning of a new cycle, I got baptized. And when I got baptized, man, I got sick as a dog. All this dumb stuff started happening. I was like, mm. man, it's like the enemy's like seeing me trying to go a different route. He really trying, you know, shake me from that. And it was like, I remember going into 2015, I was like, you know what? I'm going to follow my instinct this whole, if, if I don't do it ever in my life again for this whole year of 2015, I'm going to follow my instinct. I'm going to follow my gut. I'm not even going to think twice about it. And some of the most amazing things happened in my life that year. Some of the most amazing things happened that year. Yeah, it was awesome. Wow. What, what happened that was so great in 2015? Well, 2015, I learned what it was to live with your partner, your significant other. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of learning from that perspective. Um, I got deeper, I got real super deep into the film industry. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of experiences with, um, a lot of experiences with different people. Like I didn't come into it like just, you know, doing like some one-off stuff. Like I jumped into the major leagues, working with major networks, working on major films and having like the the OGs of the film industry in DC take a liking to me and pull me under their wing and really put me in position to win. I learned a lot about myself as far as dieting and like uh, taking better. Like I was always pretty, pretty healthy, pretty active, but I took another look at my activities and I put more emphasis into being a more active and more diet aware individual and just like, you know, slowly shedding the, the, the ignorance of youth, I should say. Mm. Wow. Do you think that, do you think changing eating habits like gave you a clear mind? Yeah, to a degree, but I was, I, I was, I was doing what I thought was the right thing to do at the time. And as I've gotten more um, in depth with diet and, and what the chemicals are in certain foods, like for instance, in 2017, I stopped eating dairy. 2017, 2018, I stopped eating dairy. I haven't had a major sickness since then. And I've been plagued uh -huh. with, with, I've been plagued with, uh, allergies my whole life like every time the weather would change anytime spring would come like i would just my allergies would bother me i had a, the runny nose looking like what roscoe 
off of uh, the Martin Lawrence show. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I went vegan for a little while. Uh, and it's just like when you learn how your body works instead of what we've been told how our body works, you have to, you start to realize what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Like, for instance, um, I came into 2020 fasting. I fasted for 70, for 80 hours. I was only, my goal was 72 hours. I did 80 hours. And like, just, I didn't fast just for dietary reasons. I fasted for a spiritual connected to my higher self, to God. And I said, I'm, I'm making this intentional sacrifice for the betterment of my body, for the betterment of my situation, for my mental health, for my spiritual relationship with my higher self and with God. And just because I want more out of my life. So, you know, fasting actually, what a lot of people don't know about fasting is your body goes into ketosis and then you start burning the fat stores in your body. Like when people say they're dieting or they're going or they're fasting and they say they get headaches, they're getting headaches because they're dehydrated. You're supposed to drink a lot of water when you're fasting. And that's where a lot of people go wrong. You can't, you're not going to get a headache from not eating. You're going to get a headache from being dehydrated because it's your mm. brain becoming inflamed from oh. dehydration. Mm. So, you know, and then like I started, so the first time I like did a serious fast, I didn't exercise a lot because I didn't want to overexert myself. But then as I started getting used to it, I actually started doing like intermittent fasting where I eat like for from for a span of eight hours a day, I would eat within that eight hours a day. And then for the other 16 hours, I would just let my body burn off that food and process that food that I ate within those eight hours. And it's really been a good look, you know, is I feel good. I don't, I used to have a lot of cravings for like sugary stuff and burgers and cheese. And it's just, it's more so a psychological thing because you like those things. You've grown accustomed to having those things in your diet. But now it's like, man, that ain't, it don't bother me at all. Do you think age was a factor? Just getting older, knowing that you got to make certain changes? No, I don't think age, um, I mean, of course, I feel like as we grow and mature, we should all take better care of ourselves naturally as we learn more about ourselves and the way the world works and the way everything that we interact with affects us. But I think more so for me, it's just, I just, I always want to do better, dog. I hate being stuck in a certain place because my we all have a certain le uh degree of ego but one thing about me is i know i can do better like if i look at my life i just say all right i'm kind of i'm kind of doing too much right here let me fall back let me put more energy into this thing or i feel like i'm not making any progress here so i'm going to turn my focus on to taking it to a different direction so, you know, I think it was more so just my mindset is always to to get to a higher position or, or reach my higher self, you know, and to constantly ascend. More so than age. More so than age. I got you. When, let's talk about the, um, 
you get into the film. What was, was 2005 your first year in the film industry? I mean, not no. 2005, 2015. I'm sorry. Um, no, I had I had been into it before then, and throughout my life, I've always had these run-ins with celebrities or or musicians or like my brother was uh, a keyboard player and a a founding and managing member of the Obsession Go-Go Band. So, and I had been around them since I was like single digit age. So I've been around like some sort of like, you know, entertainment, uh, you know, just being around that that realm of lights, cameras, sound, stages, action. And then of course, you know, we went to Suitland, High school, big up, shout out to Suitland, class of 98, yeah. Yes, you know, sir. we, uh, you know, being in the technical theater, it, it prepared me. And it's crazy that I actually use that, you know, I actually use what I went to school for in my work as a as a audio video engineer. I do, um, I work mixing boards. I'm very active in my church with the, um, with the sound and lights and all of that stuff. So, it's crazy that, you know, a lot of people say, man, I ain't learned nothing in high school. I actually use mine. So, <laughs> you know, I, I've been in it. I've been on TV shows. I've been in commercials. I was on a magazine cover when I was like 10 years old. Um, it's a lot. I got, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of dope stuff. I've had that provision in my life to do just to trailblaze and do different things and bring those experiences back and get people excited about doing things other than the average, other than just being around the way, other than just doing either you playing basketball or trying to rap or, or you you in the game like that. You know, I, I just, I was, I'm thankful that I was afforded those opportunities to just do things outside of this box they try to put us in. So long story short, I've been in and out of, you know, dipping and dabbing in entertainment for a very, very long time. But like, about, I say like 2013 is like when I really started getting serious about the film industry. Be honest, I was really surprised because I always knew you, for you, like I, I feel like I've always known you to be more musically talented. Like that's what I feel like I remember. Then I remember like you DJ things like that. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. My dad and my uncle were DJs back in the day, and when we were actually in high school, man, I can't. Uh, it was it, it was a guy named Prez. I can't even remember. That's crazy. Like he was one of the teachers, but he wasn't like a regular teacher. He was like a, a, a specialized teacher, but he was a DJ and James Bronner was his assistant. And, you know, James was in the same class as us. So, right. you know, he put me on with him and I be, you know, I had already had experience at doing it. And this was back when, you know, you couldn't DJ out your car. You couldn't have just some power speakers and a, and a controller, you had to have turntables, you had to have a van, you had to have your own, them big, dumb speakers and amps <laughs> and, and record crates and, and all of that. So like, I, I literally started DJing back when you there was nothing else other than turntables. This was even before 
like you might have a CD or two, but they wasn't like, this was like 96, 97, you know, this wasn't, <laughs> right. this wasn't like today or even like, I really got back into turntablism in 2010 was when I really started like taking DJ seriously by myself with my own and, and really investing in my own equipment and all of that. I know you still do it. So do you like it now because it's more technical or do you like it with the turntables? I actually, I have my techniques still. Um, I still have my turntables. I love the art of it. I love music. I think DJing honestly is one of those things that I was do even if I didn't get paid well to do it because music is, music is, it's like being, uh, you're, you're, you're like a magician. You're like, you're controlling the people. You know what I'm saying? It's like being a leader. And you you're making people feel good. You're playing music that you you resonate with most of the time. Sometimes you know, I ain't gonna lie. A lot of the newer music doesn't have the same soul that it did before. But every now and then you get a nice jam that you like. Oh, all right, that that's a nice little turn up. But I just love music, and I I've been so exposed to so many different genres of music that I just had fun with it. Like every now and then I just be in the house and I got a set of turns and practice turntables and I just go in. I just hook my laptop up and just go all over the place. I do like all 90s R&B. I do all 90s reggae. I do all 90s rap. Might go to the 80s. 70s 60s 50s i can do that you know what i mean i might take it back to the blues it's just something it's something magical about music for me i always it's like music has always been the soundtrack of my life of course like i can hear a certain song and remember things that are directly tied to those particular songs i'm gonna ask you this since you brought out music what what song takes you back to our graduating year, 98? 98. Ooh, what takes us back to 98? I would say definitely for me, you know, for me, anything bad boy. Anything bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> anything. So they used to call me little, so they used to call me P. Diddy. They used to call me Puffy <laughs> in high school. Anything with bad boy. All about the Benjamins, definitely. All you about know, the I remember that so much, boy. We all used to call you that. But right. I, I don't even remember how, I guess because you liked them that much, so that's how that just became a party. I was bright, look, I was brown skin with glasses and waves, and I dressed, I dressed up in school. I didn't dress in jeans all the time. I used to have a little linen outfits and stuff like that. So that's why they used to call me Diddy. And then I had my little group of my group of friends. I had the fan with me one love you know and and it was so crazy because you know when when people started calling me diddy i had my close friends and my close friends they used to call us the family mm -hmm. and a lot of people think it was like with that a lot of people think it was just we thought we was the hot stuff we were just trying to get all the girls but really what a lot of people outside of my circle don't know is when my cousin passed away my cousin David Ross passed away. 
and 97, oh, my, yeah. my real friends, my real friends came and they surrounded me. They literally surrounded me and they, they made sure I didn't feel alone because that was rough because me and DJ, that's what we had to finally called him DJ because he was a junior also. You know, we were we were super tight. We grew up in the same house in D.C. Actually, you know, like for the majority of my youth, even though I went to Maryland schools, I was in D.C. Well, I was born in D.C. and a lot of my family was in D.C. So I spent a lot of my time in D.C. And we grew up in the same house, you know, and it's crazy. We didn't go to the same elementary school. We didn't go to the same middle school. But look, we high school, first day of high school, imagine you ain't seen your cousin like that. And then the first day of high school, y'all realize y'all in the same school. It was like, oh my goodness, it's on. <laughs> <laughs> he was class of 97, right? Nah, that was my cousin Carl. My cousin Carl, who also grew up in the same house as us. Also, rest in peace to my cousin Carl. Man. <sighs> he went to Sula with us? He went to Sula with us. He was class of 97, though. Now, what class was David? Was David our class? Or? He was in our class. Yep. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Wow. And he was like, to me, honestly, I feel like if I had to say somebody got his spirit of dance, I would say Chris Chris Brown got his spirit of dance because, like, he was the first dude I seen that could dance like that. And as soon as I seen Chris Brown, I was like, bro, he danced just like DJ used to dance, man. That was crazy to me. Yeah, but I, yeah, I remember him. He he yeah. he passed away like when we were in the tenth grade or ninth grade. Nah, I can't remember. Eleventh. Eleventh. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, okay. in the latter part of our eleventh grade year. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Wow. And I'm I'm gonna tell you a cool story about that though, and how spirit works. So last year, last year on his birthday. Um, I had, I was in Atlanta and it was his, it was his birthday. And I ended up being in Stankonia Studios, right? Outcast Studios. <laughs> and guess what? He's the person that introduced, like actually exposed me to Outcast. Oh, wow. So it's crazy on, on, on his birthday weekend, I ended up being in Outcast Studios. And I remember us in 10th grade listening to AT Aliens, him being like, bro, you got to listen to this. This is something different. Because I was it hip was. to, you know, <laughs> I was hip to Southern playlistic, funky Cadillac music. But AT Aliens is when, you know, Outkast really started really talking, talking on another level of, of, of awareness. Yeah, that album um, was different. That was a different album. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. different. So yeah, all that to say, you know, like my my school experience and 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 my nickname and all of that, all they all it's all a reason for all of that. And it was such a dope time, man. The music was great in the nineties when we was in high school, man. I swear, I felt like Ferris Bueller in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no bull, no bull. It was, I was, was cool a, with everybody. Good times, man. Oh my God, yes. And even at the reunion, like um, that was that was a really like I'll say, man, just seeing you and the rest of our classmates, man, that was that was a really great time, I must say. Yeah, yeah, man. Shout out to all the ladies that helped 
put that together, man. We got a wonderful class, man. It's just some, some like I would say the class of 98, man, excellence. The first word I think of when I think of that class is excellence, man. Because we, like, we always were, like, on a whole different mission. Like, everybody else was just, like, you know, doing kid stuff. We was all trying to get jobs and <laughs> just, <laughs> live, like, be adults and live adult lives. And, you know, some of us crashed and burned, and then some of us took it and ran with it. So, mm-hmm. those are really funny. good times. It's funny because my wife, she was like, I got to be honest. She was like, I really like your class. She was like, I had a good time at the reunion because it was, we went to her reunion and it was, it was, it was cool. I mean, they had it at, a, it, they had it at like a, um, like a restaurant, but okay. she was like this one, she was like your class. She was like, they really cool. They really nice. She was like, you got some good class. I was like, yeah, it's, it, it just felt so good to see y'all and, like, cause we've always, I like, that's the thing. We always support each other in school. And even now, like you look on, when we look on social media, you see like- The same crews hanging together. Yep. And they do <laughs> like, we got classmates who do real estate and, and I see other classmates using them as the realtor, then classmates using the other classmates to do inspections. Like we just been doing a lot of work together and it's it's just been a blessing to see it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Shout out to all the ones doing it. Yeah. I saw, I'm going to tell you what also made me proud, and this was involving you. I can't remember if it was, I want to say it was like last year. It, it may have been two years ago, but you posted a picture and you had your film, you had a film credit, like you posted the film credit. What was it like to see your name on that big screen? So my first major film credit was uh, Jason Bourne, the last of the the Bourne Identity series. And, you know, it wasn't my first time working on something, and it wasn't the first movie that I worked on, but it was the first one that had come out that I knew I was definitely getting a credit on. And I'm not going to lie to you, it was surreal. It was very surreal. It's like... You know, when you're not in the film industry and the credits come on, it's like you, your your attention normally fades away after the characters. Mm-hmm. But then it's like being in the film industry and understanding what each of these positions do and like what a best boy is, what a grip is, you know, what a second assistant director, assistant director, you know, director of photography, you know, all these different positions mean and what they do and locations. Of course, shout out to locations because that's my scene. That's my crew right there, the location. <laughs> um, but just the different production managers and all of that transportation, it's cool because you know these people. Like, this isn't just a list, a long list of people. You at work with these people every day. You may, especially being in locations or like for Jason Bourne, I was actually working in the production office. So like all of the budgets and all of the, you know, all of the issues that go on, all of the planning, because people don't understand doing a film is like a war. You gotta, you gotta prepare <laughs> for going in. You gotta prepare for the time while you're in there. And then you have to prepare for your time of accident. And then if it's like an episodic, like, House of Cards. I worked on House of Cards for three seasons. 
and you always have to be prepared for the next thing be ready to work when the time comes and also you know tidying up everything crossing the t's dotting the i's um when it's time to move on but so you know you you take all of that in and then you're sitting in the movie theater and you're watching a movie and you like man i remember i'm the person that went and got those books for that scene I remember I found that location for that scene. I remember I was I picked Tommy Lee Jones up from the airport. He tried to take my charger. <laughs> I, I picked I picked Matt Damon's crew up, and we was doing a hundred down sixty six trying to get through the traffic. Out, you mm. know, it's just all of these different stories. And there you go. Then you see your name. You're like, man, I did that. Like, I'm not Matt Damon. I'm not Tommy Lee Jones, but. I had a major part. I made I made this happen. And it's a very humbling, it's a very, it's very, it's a very unique experience. And and you know, now I'm addicted to it. I love it. Are you planning on getting behind the camera at some point? I've been behind the camera. Actually, I do, you know, and I say this is why I say COVID has been like a gift, a gift for people and a curse for people but more so in my life has been a gift because it's, it's forced me to slow down because i'm constantly ripping and running and i wasn't finding that balance in my life for taking time to like really unpack the traumas that i've been through and things that i that are on my mind so it forced me to slow down deal with that and then like as far as church like i've been doing the virtual services so i've been behind the camera i do the virtual services for two different churches for my own church that i attend and for a church that the pastor is one of my really good friends i've been doing that for them wow. and I've, I've i've done a couple small projects um i actually did put the crew together for the dc lottery commercial in 2017 and then we came back and did another commercial in, what was that, 2018, 2019? Did another DC Lottery co commercial. And I was able to put a lot of upcoming artists and people that you want to look at in the commercial. Shout out to my man, Nucci. You know, good the young. musician? Yeah, man. Okay. That's, that, that's, that's family right there. That's, that's the homie, man. And I really believe in what he doing. Shout out to the whole the whole oi community you know what i'm saying so you know i've been in position not directly behind the camera but making things happen and then just telling the camera which way to look <laughs> yeah let's 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 just rewind a little bit because you talked about something important you said that this time with covid allows you to do some self-work so how important is that was it how important was it doing that now that you're able to move forward bro i'm gonna tell you to be to be honest with you i think i couldn't it started with the fasting and i'm gonna be honest with you i'm so glad i did that because i honestly felt in my heart something major was happening and to come into 2020 like sober you know not that like um any type of addiction has ever been an issue in my life or any type of like substance abuse has ever been an issue, but just to be sober, like not drinking at all, you know, having a clear mind, having a clean body, detoxing, and just really being focused on like putting things in in a in a order in your mind, like 
you know, for for to be very transparent, I've always felt like I'm the type of person that would give people the shirt off my back. And a lot of times being that person, you feel slighted, you feel used, you feel naive, you feel like a fool. It's like, why do I give so much of myself to people that seem like they don't appreciate it? And it's, it's not even a thing of, of wanting anything back or expecting anything back. It's just like, I wish that it, it felt like I was appreciated. And a lot of times in my life, you know, I, I've been selfless to, to a fault. And it's a lot of anger that I realized was built up in me behind that, like just feeling like abused because it's like, all right, I know that I'm not supposed to expect anything back, but dad, can I at least get, you know, some appreciation? Can I get, you know, like, it's like, ah, oh, you supposed to do that or you supposed to, to like, nah, not really. You know what I'm saying? And like, you go through life and it's like, you st you just keep it moving and you just throw that, throw those feelings in the closet. And you know, some, some stuff that happened between me and my little cousin, it just made me realize it's like, bro, you got to let that go because you're because even though you're saying you're not hurt behind it, you are hurt behind it because you thinking about it. You every time you think about it, it's like red line in the car. It's like you feel like you really about to go. And it's like my my temperament has always been real cool, but I'm like the type of person I'm cool till I'm not. And then when I get to that point where I'm not, it's a problem a very big bad problem and i don't like i don't like being like that because when i get to that point i don't i'm not sure if i can contain myself i know nobody else can contain me so i know it it's just like i don't want to get to that blackout point i don't want to be living angry i don't want to be looking at everything like why are they always treating a black man like this i don't want to be the angry black man i love love i love helping people i love being in the mix i love supporting i love doing everything i can to you know make people feel good and i just you know if i'm always at the point where i feel like i'm ready to i'm ready to kirk i'm ready to flip out then something is wrong and i got a chance to really process that shit. and i really i had a good cry that's what i need i had a good cry man i just felt good i ain't cried like that you know like you get a whipping and you like man <laughs> you go lay down but nah man it felt good i feel like you know people people don't really deal with their feelings like they should and it causes them unnecessary anxiety unnecessary like just malice in their life and that was really important for me to go forward in this leg of my life dealing with people that i've never dealt with before you know, moving to higher levels of professionalism, dealing with people on larger scales. I needed to have a clear mind for that. So I feel like it was very important for me to go go past that to get to where I'm going. Man, 2020 sounds like it's been a lot of growth for you. Man, it was a come up year, clearly. Okay. 2020 is a 2020 has been is is just like the numbers. 2020, clear vision. Perfect vision. What are you looking forward to next? Because I know you got a lot of stuff ahead. <laughs> Man, 
so so you know like i really you know like i was i was talking about nucci um you know like i believe i always had big respect for his dad shout out to booby and and chew and bdr you know all the homies that uh you know that's in the oi family i always respected they grind and all of that and so like my brother one of my closest friends, Ryan Adams, Brid, you know, he's one of the top engineers in the DMV. And so through him, I met Nucci and, you know, we, we created our own, our own, comp uh, uh, relationship, my own, like compadreism, our own brotherhood. And you know, I, I have a lot of respect for that dude. I really like what he's doing with his music. I really like what he do as a man, taking care of his family, taking care of his responsibilities and just having a level head and what he's doing. So I've really been, um, I've been doing what I can to help him, you know, get to where he wants to get with his music career. So I've been putting some more, more energy into that being, you know more intentional energy because you know we've done stuff we've worked on a few film projects and tv shows but um you know now i'm really standing behind him and making sure that you know he's good going forward into the music thing so that's very exciting it's a lot of exciting things he just finished the album with drummer boy and he's got some oh man some amazing things coming up in the very very near future so uh, we, right. we try to make Nucci a, a household name all around the world before the end of 2020. And I think it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. So if that's the one thing. <laughs> so that's the one thing with the music. Um, then, um, you know, I, I love the DJ. I hope to do some larger venues and whatever, you know, uh, format we can do large scale parties. It might be, you know, things are going to change, but I, I believe that we'll find a way to reach out and, and and collectively gather, even if it's in a virtual manner or just in a more controlled environment. So I'm looking forward to that because I love part. I love to have fun. I love to dance. Um, and I, I look forward to creating those atmospheres going forward. And as far as the film thing, you know, I want to continue to collaborate with like minds and, and excellent filmmakers. I'm really interested in, in creating more diversity in the um, in the the portrayal of uh, African-Americans, people of color, just showing us more than just traumatized people or corrupt pastors or drug dealers or athletes like it's so many stories in within our community that just don't get to be told and i feel like the detriment of that is people that don't have role models outside of their immediate circle they don't have anybody to look up to you know you can get you can have a this is us you know where you gotta a hodgepodge family that's making it through. And it's not necessarily that any of them are uber rich or uber successful, but it's something positive in it still. I feel like we can have that in a in with a complete cast of people of color because we have that. 
I mean, hell, we from PG County. This is the richest black com black uh, county in the whole United States of America. So mm -hmm. you telling me we don't have no stories of success and and just being average people that people wouldn't connect to here of all places? Come on, right, <laughs> right. You, you know, right about that. Yeah. So I I just recently met a gentleman by the name of Kirk Frazier. Excellent dude, excellent dude. And they got some amazing projects going on over there. We're looking to collaborate with them. Um, like I said, Ryan Adams, one of the premier engineers in, in the DMV, just, just taking it a step further, just building uh, on top of the great foundation that we have thus far and just expanding the empire and doing great things. Man, Look, I, let me tell you, before we go, man, I'm, let me tell you, I'm so proud of everything you're doing, man. Just seeing the growth and the progression. I'm, I'm going to be honest, too. I'm not surprised because I just remember you in high school, like your drive, and you just always had like this good contagious energy where people wanted to be around you. So I'm not surprised, I'm not surprised at the success you're having, but I'm also proud to see it, man. So congratulations, man. Man, bro, that means a lot to me because, you know, I'm proud of you as well, man. And I'm proud to know that, you know, men, real men, Black men can can congratulate each other and not necessarily be a part of each other's thing or not necessarily, you know, you're, I'm not getting anything from your podcast. You might, might not directly be getting anything from, the, from my endeavors, but to be able to sit here and be like, man, I see the effort that you're putting into it and it's dope. And then we can congratulate each other and build off of that energy, man. It's, it's incredible. And that's that's what I want to facilitate. And I feel like that's the, that's the reason why I had that energy in high school because I never judged people. Like I always was the type of person like, oh, you you my friend, man, you gonna come on. You know, I'm not looking at you because you this or that or you got this amount of money or you wear them type of clothes. I always just been a, a face value, a character-based person. So, you know, I feel like that's also helped in my success because it's, a, it's been able to help me weed out a lot of bad situations. And, mm -hmm. and really start leaning towards dealing. Cause we can't do this thing by ourselves. Everybody always talking that, man, I did it by myself. Ain't nobody helped me. All right, so you was your own, you was your own client. <laughs> you was your own client. Okay, you, you, you just came out the sky. The stork, the stork just dropped you off in the field and, and you was raised in, in the wilderness. You know what I'm saying? Everybody talk that talk about they did it by themselves. No, nobody does it by themselves. You do it by creating healthy relationships or, or relationships that work for what it is you're trying to do. Nobody does it by themselves. Yeah. Nobody. So it's it's very That's important. Right. It's very important to take care of the people in your circle. Be honest with them. Like I posted something on IG the other day. It said uh, the highest level of the game is honesty. You give people honesty and you let them do with that information what they're going to do with it. But you know what? At the end of the day, you sleep well. Damn. You sleep well. I'm going to have to hold on to that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, well, again, man, look, I, I want to thank you for doing this, man. It's 
I'm, I'm telling you the honest truth, man. I'm, I'm so happy that we finally did this because it's been something I've been wanting. I started the podcast in 2018. And you know, we both are men, we both men of faith, so it didn't happen then, but God's timing is never wrong, it's always perfect. So this was the perfect Absolutely. time for us to do this. So for sure, for sure. And I wish you continued success, brother. And I hope to I hope to get invited back, man, and, and just give you an update on what's going on. And you know, hopefully it's something that we can do. Oh, by the way, I'll be in LA at the end of October. Me and Nucci got some business out there. And uh, I don't want to spoil it yet, but uh, we got some, we got a, a, a very crucial meeting coming up. So we're going to be in LA around the end of October. I just got to do it today. Okay, I'm going to do my best to try to beat it. Because you know I'm in San Jose. Everybody, okay. it's funny when you say California, everybody think LA, but I'm about LA, five right, right. <laughs> Oh, man. Hey, look, if we can make but, a shake, look, they got plane tickets, so. Hey. Listen, we're going to try to make it shake. Even even if it's not on this move, man, we're going to catch up, bro. Because like I said, energy recognize energy. You've always been a good dude since day one, bro. I really know that as, as a man, not just because you doing the podcast and not just because you're a man of faith, because you're just a good dude. So, you know, I appreciate you for just being you, bro. Hey man, thank you, brother. I truly appreciate it, and and the feeling is mutual, man. We, you've always been good, and and I've never had nothing bad to say about you. So, again, man, it's been an honor to get you on this podcast. So, thank for you. Sure, absolutely. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I really appreciate your continued support. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at conversations underscore with underscore length. Again, thank you all for your support. Have a good day.